Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. How many of you brought your Bibles? Two? How many of you brought your Bibles? Hallelujah to Jesus. It's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Open up in your Bibles to the 107th Psalm. Glory and honor and praise unto the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is worthy of praise and honor and glory. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're discussing the healing of the body, which I think has been neglected in the church world itself. Over the years. And you know, sometimes when you get far behind in some things, it takes a while to catch up. Now, there's no, no problem with salvation. I mean, you know, people preach salvation. Praise God for that. Some places are even behind in that. But when I say behind in the area of physical healing of the body, I mean way behind. Because when you can go through 90% of your full gospel churches and circles today and find out that hardly any of them know anything about divine healing by faith, then it's time we start to dig deep into the Word of God. And if that's where the full gospel people is, where they're at, then can you imagine when those that that don't believe. I should say are. Amen. Then it's, you know, it's time for us to wake up. Amen. The 107th Psalm, verse 20. And uh, let's read it together. I'm going to read to you. Don't mind my using two translations tonight because I think it's a little bit more effective if, if we see it in... The uh, Amplified Bible. You could check it out for yourself in the Amplified Bible. I'll just read to you both passages to give you a little bit of a little bit more insight as to what actually the Amplified Bible does. Exactly what it says. It amplifies the meaning. It does not take it out of its setting. It just amplifies. It expands. It gives you a little bit more insight as to what uh, was being said in the 107th Psalm, verse 20. In the King James, it says, "He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions." He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now, in the Amplified translation of the same verse, it says, He sent forth His Word and heals them and rescues them from the pit and destruction. He sends forth His Word and heals them. He sends forth His Word and heals them. You've got to say this with me now. There's healing in His Word. There's healing in His Word. He sent forth His Word. Jesus is the Word. 
Therefore, Jesus is the healer. Amen. Now, there's not only healing in the Word, but there's healing in His wings. Amen. Let's go to Malachi, the fourth chapter. And I'll read to you again. We saw, we took a look at these scriptures before. Malachi, right, the last book of the Old Testament. Let's read verse, chapter 4, verse 2. I'll read to you again from both translations. In the second verse, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise. Who's the Son of Righteousness? Glory to God. Has He risen? Has He? He's risen. And, you know, He rose with healing in His wings, it says. Listen. The Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in His wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. In the Amplified Version... But unto you that revere and worshiply fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in His wings and, and His beams. I like that. Healing in His wings and in His beams. That beams of glory. That beams of light that come out of His bosom. There's healing in it. There's healing in it. That's what it's saying. We're going to find out how to Draw from that healing. And it goes on to say, in the Amplified Version of the Bible, And you shall go forth and gamble like calves, released from the stall, and leap for joy. Or, you shall go forth and skip and hop and ca- like calves, released from the stall, and leap for joy. Well, I'll tell you, I read that and I said, I, just about read, I said, glory be to God if I have any reason to leap for joy. In other words, when you find out that the Son of Righteousness has been raised from the dead with healing in His wings, you're going to be let go just like a little calf went out the gate and just start running and leaping for joy. Because you were in such bondage to sickness and disease, you're going to rise up and say, Glory to God, I don't have to be in bondage to sickness and disease anymore in my life and begin to just run around your whole yard or whatever and just leap for joy. Amen? Now there's healing in His Word and there's healing in His wings. Well, for every promise there's a... something that we have to do as a believer to take... to meet. There's a condition that we as a believer... a condition that we as a believer must meet in order to claim and receive the promises that God has laid out for us in His Word. So, right over there where you wrote down 107 Psalm, verse 20, write down John 15, 7. He said there's healing. He sent His Word and healed them. But it also says, if you abide in Me and My Word or words abide in you. Okay? So, He sent forth His Word. So, we could say this. There's healing in His Word. And if the Word abides in Me, there's healing in Me. See, we can make that our confession of faith. Father, there's healing in your word. Right? And your word abides in me. Therefore, glory to God, I can ask what I will in the air of healing, and it shall be done unto me. If the word abides in you. So he sent forth his word, but the word must abide in you in order for you to obtain healing. 
Now, we also said there's healing in His wings. Now, in the 91st Psalm, we are told that we have got to trust. As a matter of fact, go there. 91st Psalm. Let's take a look at verse 4. Just go back a few pages there. In the 91st Psalm, verse 4. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. Underline that. Under his wings. There's healing in his wings. But under his wings shalt thou trust. Now listen. If you're going to receive healing... You are going to have to trust in the Lord your God. I've expressed this deeply before. And for maybe some of you that have not been here before, I want to say this. And I want you to receive it by faith. I want you to receive it in love. Someone wrote me and said, uh, as they listened to one of the tapes, I guess someone, someone got a hold of one of the tapes, wrote me a little letter and said, what you're saying on these tapes and what's in the Word that's being presented. They says, I can't understand how people that are immature in the Word can grab a hold of it. And I, you know, I saw the thing about it and I said, well, now, you have to realize that person heard that tape, one tape, out of, well, we've been here now two years of teaching the Word of God. And maybe where they, their background was, they didn't have a lot of teaching of God's Word. So consequently, what was in the tape or in the Word that was said there was hard for people to swallow. Now keep this in mind. When you grow in, in the Word of God and you grow up in spiritual things, and that Word becomes alive inside your spirit, don't just go off and think that just because it's alive in your spirit that everybody else around you has it too. Now to that person, they says, well, if anybody sat listening to this here, they, they, wouldn't know, they, could, they couldn't get anything out of it because it's too, too much. It's too in-depth. But I saw them thought back, about, thought back about it, and I said, well, now, dear God, I wasn't preaching to somebody down the street. Letter of the Lord to write back. I wrote a letter. I said, now, dear sister, I said, I was preaching to those that are mature in the Word of God. Amen? I said, they've been sitting listening to the Word of God for two years. And by this time, they've received a lot of the Word of God and going to receive a lot more of the Word of God. But I was blessed by it because I began to see something. I said, well, glory be to God. We are growing in God's Word. We are understanding God's Word. And I'll tell you what, I look back at some people in their lives that when I first got saved, were saved, you know, they were saved before me. And I look back and I see, I see right now where we have come and surpassed. And I don't say that to lift anybody up. See, to lift myself up. I just say that if you're willing to move on with God, you're going to grow inside in His Word. As long as you continue in that Word. And you're going to look back on those that may have even led you to Jesus and find out, glory to God. Hallelujah. You've even gone further in the Word than, than a lot of people. So when I say this, I say this with all the love in my heart. I am not, and I've said it over and over again, I am not belittling the medical field. I'm speaking God's Word. If I were to speak to you about salvation, I would not give you two alternatives. I would give you one. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
Now I'm speaking to you about healing through God's Word, and I'm giving you only one alternative. Jesus is the healer of our bodies. I am leaving the medical field out because it has got to be taught, and I believe you're mature enough to receive the Word of God in this area and to stand on God's Holy Word. By no means did I tell you not to, do, not to do what you have to do if your faith is not there. I'm showing you through God's Word how you can build up your faith, and if you never had it laid out to you, you'd never grow in faith. You'd be double-minded all your Christian life. But when you hear how you can trust God fully for the healing of your body, it'll bless you and it'll set you free, and it'll cost you a lot less in doctor bills. Hallelujah. You might as well give a hand clap for that. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's right. Save you a lot of money. See? I mean, you know. It's good not to have to pay anybody to look at your body. Just let Jesus be the healer. Amen? Amen. Well, now notice it says you have got to trust under them wings. You have to trust in Him. You have got to put your total confidence in Him, in him as your healer. And uh, you grow in it. You make a decision. Everybody that's ever made a, the quality decision to do something always started out at a certain place and then grew into it until that decision becomes perfected in his life. How many of you hear purpose in your heart to walk as Jesus walked? Anybody? Okay. You are daily perfecting that walk if you are continuing in God's Word. Amen? And tomorrow you'll say, glory to God, tomorrow I'm walking even closer than I did today, and so on and so forth. And day by day by day by day, you begin to change and you begin to change from glory to glory, from glory to glory, into the very image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. Well, it's the same thing with divine healing. You have got to make the quality decision that Jehovah Rapha is your healer and you will trust and put your complete confidence in Him. I gave you this example when I talked before on prayer about trusting in the Lord. And I want you to see that. So go with me again. I'm led by the Spirit of God to do it, so we'll just take a side journey here. You're in the book of Psalms. Go to the 37th Psalm. And let's take a look at verse 5. Well, let's read verse 4 also, and, and we'll get the full import of what, what is being said, just so that you can begin to understand what it means to put your trust and confidence in Him as your healer. Now, when I say that, Again, please, if you're immature in this area, listen to it over and over. Buy a tape and listen to this over and over and over again. I don't want you to get confused. I don't want you to get off into foolishness. I want you to get off into faith. And if you'll get off into faith, blessed be God, it'll mean an end of sickness and disease in your body. Amen. And it's time that we start to realize we can live that way. Amen. It is. That's His perfect will in our lives. Now, we've got to learn to put our complete and total trust in Him. I'm not saying... Well, I am saying, okay? I'm saying it this way. I'm talking about aside from the medical profession. I'm talking about putting complete and total trust in Him. I'm not telling you to go off and start in an area to where you go off and get somebody killed. I'm telling you as an individual in your own personal life, not even your kids... When it works for you, then work it on your kids. Don't go make your kids suffer just because, you know, you want to try and see if faith works. That's like a guinea pig, and I wouldn't want to be in that position, would you? Well, we'll try it on little so-and-so here, and if it works on him, bless God, it's good for us. Yeah, it's not your body that's in pain, is it? Amen? But if it was your body, 
You say, well, it's a different story. Now listen. If you have never believed God in the area of divine healing, some of us have just walked right into it and understood it from the very beginning, from the very start. Some of us were less uh, blessed, I'll say, than others and did not receive proper instruction and teaching and did not take the time to spend with the Holy Spirit so He could teach us how to walk in complete and total divine health. So consequently, you didn't learn how to appropriate it. I'll say here, if you've, if you've never really got off into this area, pick an area that you're going to start to believe God. If it's in the area of a headache and you're used to using so many aspirin, say, bless God in the name of Jesus, you just go off in that area, put the medicine aside and believe God and watch your victory come. Now, I'm giving you a start. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying, go, go home to your child who's on insulin and take the insulin off that child and watch him die. I'm not saying that. And I don't want you to walk off saying I'm saying that. But what we're getting into right now is a very touchy area. And you've got to know the Word of God. And you've got to walk in faith. And it will work 100% of the time if you'll walk by faith. And know what you're doing in it. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to know and be full assured that my healer can heal cancer, tuberculosis, polio, arthritis, and everything that the medical field can't touch. And when I've got to go see the physician, I'll make my appointment. And I'll say, now, Lord, glory be to God, here I come to cash in on the benefits of Calvary. I'm coming to cash in on that curse of the law that I've been redeemed from and this sickness and disease cannot live in my body and I know that you've got the right equipment. I know you've got the right staff. I know you've got healing in your word and healing in your wings and I've come to get it. Take it for myself. And you'll walk off with it. Glory be to God. Now in this, nine, in, in this 37 Psalm verse 4, uh, yeah, delight thyself also in the Lord and He shall give thee the desires of, of your heart. We quote that and it sounds like very nice words, fancy words, but really there's a whole lot of meaning to it. I'm not going to dwell on verse 4. I'm going to go into verse 5. Commit thy way. The word commit means to put in charge or to put in total trust. Unto the Lord, commit thy way. Commit thy way or to put in charge or to put in total trust your way to the Lord. Now, look at the next phrase. Circle that. He just said to commit or to put in charge or to put God in total trust of your way. So commit your way into the Lord. The next phrase says, trust also in Him. And what happened? What happened? It's going to come to pass. It didn't say it came to pass. It says it's going to come to pass. Now listen. When you walk into a bank, when you take all your life savings to that bank, you put them in trust of. Right? You put them in trust of your life savings. You commit your finances to the bank or to the savings and loan company, wherever you're dealing. You put them in charge of or in trust of your way, your finances, your life savings. But the next phrase says, trust also in Him. When you walk away from the bank... You go to your house, you go to your own way. Do you go to the house and say, well now, honey, do you think that they'll rob us of all the money that we put in there? 
Or do you think that if we went down there and tried to write out a check for some of the money that we have in there, they won't give it to us? Or do you think they're going to give it away to somebody else? Or do you just walk away from the bank and say, well, it's all in there, honey. Glory be to God. Well, what's in there? All my life savings. How much you have? About $10,000. Well, where's the $10,000? It's in the bank. It's in trust with the bank. I don't see any money. Well, I got this little book over here. Well, that little book isn't green. No, you don't walk away from the bank and say, well... I wonder if we'll go to... I wonder if we went down there and, and uh, went to that teller whether we get anything. Do you? No. You put complete trust in the bank. You've entrusted them with your money. Now you put complete trust in the bank. Total trust. That they'll handle your finances correctly. Now, when you put the Lord Jesus Christ, Jehovah Rapha... In trust of your body, he said, trust also in him. He did not say, trust in the arm of flesh. He said, trust in him. You've already entrusted him with your life. Now, trust also in him. But, beloved, many times, and again, I say it, I want you to receive it with spiritual ears. Man has said that he put God in trust of his body, but yet in the next breath he has turned to the arm of flesh. Consequently, he's a double-minded man, and God is limited to get his healing power, delivering power, saving power to that man or woman, whoever it is. And that's why a lot of people do not receive from God their heavenly Father. In the air of healing. You have... I'll tell you what. When you put someone in trust of... You are going to make sure you know what they're doing. When you put a surgeon in trust of your body... Do you pick out the worst among the list? If you had to go that route... Wouldn't you find the best? Wouldn't you? You better believe you would if you have any sense. Okay. Jesus is the best. He's the best surgeon. He's the best healer. He's the best ear, eyes, and nose specialist. He is the best. Amen. Healer on this universe. In this universe. Because He made this universe. Amen. And He made your body. Amen. So He is the best. But you see, we get sidetracked. Why then has not the church been able to put complete confidence and total trust in Jehovah Rapha as their healer? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Not too many dared step out in the area of faith and healing and stand firm with their feet planted upon the solid rock of doing the word of God for healing because when pain came into their body, they had to run for help. Did you know that there's a paraclete out there who's called the helper? Did you know that there's a paraclete out there called the comforter who is the Holy Ghost who will comfort you and show you the way out? Did you know that Jesus of Nazareth, He already took your pains and carried your sickness and diseases upon Himself? He's already done that. He's already done that. Now, we've got to put total, complete trust in Him as the healer of our bodies. Now, I said you've got to grow in this thing. You've got to grow up in it. 
You've got to walk in it by faith. You've got to grow. You've got to learn how it works. You've got to operate in it. It's going to take time to learn how it operates in every area of your life. But we're going to see some great things today in the Word of God, how we can begin to appropriate healing in our bodies and allow our bodies to be walking healthy bodies by allowing God's Word to live in us and abiding under the wings of the Almighty. And I'm talking apart from the gifts of healing going into operation. I'll tell you something right now. We should be soon enough getting to a point that we don't need any gifts of healing working in this body. Amen. We're just walking by faith and walking in complete total divine health. Germs dying the instant they touch our body. Now someone says, you're getting too far-fetched. Well, that's all right. I'm going to get even further. Because I'll tell you what right now. I'm going to glorify, glorify God in this body. I am no... If there's a person out there who wants to be sick the rest of your life, just slip up your hand. And if you want to get part of your limbs cut off, you know what touched me? When I saw that Jesus... Now you imagine, these people came to crucify Him. These people came to kill Him, nail Him to the cross, He knew everything He was going through. Peter smote off the ear. And Jesus... Couldn't take it. He reached down and touched that ear. You know how important that was to him? Jesus didn't see that. Can you imagine that man who was there to arrest him and to take him away and crucify him, be a part, part of that company that was there to take him away? Jesus reached out and touched that ear. Gave him a new one. Now, I'm not in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't have a club in my hand. I don't have a torch in my hand. And I'm not going there to grab Jesus of Nazareth and nail him to a cross. I'm his son. You're his son and daughter. I'm going to him for mercy. Do you think he's got more concern for this fellow who came to take him away than he has for you who he shed his blood for? Who he gave his life for? Think about it. No. A thousand times no. His love for us is so far reaching. His love is so great towards us. That he gave his life and went to hell for you and me. Died for you and me. And he says, I have now been raised from the dead with healing in my wings. And it's all for you. It's all for you. Now, we want to get into some scriptures, and we're going to. Let's go to Isaiah, the 59th chapter, and let's read verse 21. This is, I'm again going to read to you from the Amplified Version of the Bible. I may take my good old time in this, as I'm led by the Spirit of God. It don't matter. We've got until Jesus comes anyhow. Amen? But when I see and go to hospitals and visit the people that are afflicted by the devil and tortured by the devil, and when you see people that are dying from sicknesses and diseases that are ungodly, when you see people's bodies battered and bruised, and you see Jesus there up on the mountain mountaintop healing all that came to Him when the multitudes came, He said, oh, dear God. He said, I can't do it all by myself. He says, pray that the Father will send forth laborers into the field. And he sent forth the 
the disciples, the apostles, to go forth with power to heal the sick. Didn't he? He says, as long as I'm in one body, I'm limited. I can't get to all these people. He says, but blessed be God, when, I raise, when, I'm, when I'm raised from the dead, I'll go forth and give you all that same power. You go forth and lay your hands on the sick. That's part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wants us to be delivered. In Isaiah the 59 chapter, it's even part of the covenant. But look at where the word is. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon you. And my words which I have put in your mouth. There's healing in the Word. He sent forth His Word. Now listen. It's in your mouth. Shall not depart out of your mouth. Nor out of the mouth of your seed. Nor out of the mouth of your seed seed. Saith the Lord. From now and forever. In the Amplified Version. Uh, verse 21, it says, As for me, this is my covenant or league with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is upon you and who writes the law of God inwardly in the heart and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth or out of the mouth of your... Now listen to this phrase. True spiritual children or out of the mouth of your children's children, says the Lord, from now, from henceforth, and forever. And he's talking about the true spiritual descendants of Abraham. And if you be Christ, Galatians 3.29 says, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to that promise. So there's healing in the Word. It's established in the covenant. I am a child of the living God. I am a spiritual child of Israel. And I'm an heir according to the promise given to Abraham. Blessed be God, that healing is in the Word for me. And it's in that covenant for you. It's there. But it must not depart out of your mouth. This teaching is so deep. Beloved, I believe that when Jesus said, there's few that there be that find it, this teaching is so deep in the Word of God that there are many people that will not receive it. They just refuse to receive it. They, they don't want to believe that you could speak God's Word only. But I'll tell you what, when you learn how you release faith through your words, and when you learn how you release snares. You know, the Bible says, Thou art snared by the words of your mouth. Thou art taken by the words of your mouth. When you find out how, how you release curses upon your own life, your own life, your children's life, by the words of your mouth, you'll start to rise up and see that we better start speaking only God's Word. And that's why there's healing in that Word. It's got to work that way. And if you'll get your heart and your mouth lined up with the Word of God, you've got healing flowing through your body. Now, let's go to another scripture here. To Proverbs. I'm going to show you some scriptures. You write these scriptures down. Proverbs, the 13th chapter. Let's make a confession of our faith. We're going to get some spiritual exercise in. While you're looking that up. The Word that heals and delivers me. Is in, my heart, is in my heart and in my mouth, in my mouth. and it will not depart out of my heart or my mouth. Now listen, the word that heals and delivers me is in my heart and in my mouth. You go back there, Deuteronomy 30 chapter, 29 and 30 chapter, and you'll find out that, that it says the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. Don't look to heaven. Don't look across the sea. I've given the word, the Lord says, and I've healed them. Now, appropriating the word is up to you and it's up to me. In the 13th chapter 
of this book of Proverbs. Let's just read first off verse 3. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Okay? He that keeps his mouth keeps his life. But he that opens wide his lips shall have destruction. In the Amplified version of that, and it's good to look this up in the Amplified, he who guards or protects his mouth keeps his life. But he who opens wide his lips will come to ruin. Now, let's look at Hold, hold, just turn over to the 21st chapter there. Keep that thought in mind. Keep these, these thoughts in mind. Keepeth himself. If you keep your mouth, you keep your life. Or you keep yourself. He that keeps his mouth or guards or protects it, keeps his life or guards or protects his very own life. But he that opens wide his lips shall have ruin or destruction by the words that he speaks from his mouth. Now, in the 21st chapter, let's look at verse 23. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. In the Amplified Version of that same passage, it says, He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from troubles. Okay? Keeps himself. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself. Keeps himself. That's the phrase I want you to get. Keeps himself or keeps his life from destruction or keeps his, his, his life or his, his own body. Actually, anything pertaining to life, to either the flesh, spirit, soul, and body. Keeps his life from destruction. He keeps himself safe. Now, in 1 John 5.18, hold your place in the book of Proverbs and, and let's go there and read that together. 1 John 5.18. This is an eye-opener, I believe. Especially when you realize that death and life are in the power of the tongue. See, people don't realize that. People do not... It's a shame to say people don't, don't believe what the Bible says. That's what it's a shame to believe. People don't believe what the... You could show it to them in the Word and they'll say, Well, I, I don't believe that way. But the Bible says death and life are in the power of your what? All right, let's look at this First John five eighteen. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God. Now underline that word, those two words. Does what? Does what? Okay. And that wicked one toucheth him. Okay, go back to Proverbs now, 21, 23. How does he keep himself? Well, let's see. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. And back in the other one, in the other translation here, it says, He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself. He keepeth himself. He keepeth himself. He keepeth himself. Whoso opens wide his lips shall have destruction. But the person that guards or protects his mouth keeps himself. Guards his life. Now, Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Amen? Death and life. Matter of fact, look at it. You're there. Let's, you're, you're only a couple pages away from it. Go back to 18.21. I want you to underline these scriptures. I'm going to give it to you again from the Amplified. Everywhere I, I, I say Amplified, write that in your Bible. Write AMP right there by your... 
by the verse. AMP, Amplified Version. In the Amplified, it says it this way. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Alright? Death, meaning everything that pertains to the kingdom of darkness. Life, meaning everything that pertains to the kingdom of God. Are in the power of the tongue. And they who indulge it shall eat the fruit of it. Now listen. For death or life. For death or life. Those that indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it. In other words, whatsoever a man soweth, the same shall he also reap. How does the man sow things, calamities, to his life? He does it by the words of his mouth. That's how he does it. Because death and life, you as a believer and I as a believer, we have the power of life and death in our tongue. Now imagine that. We've got the power to release life or death forces, the forces of life or the forces of death from our tongue when it's released from our heart. Now, I'll give you an example. Uh, a brother was teaching on this very su- same subject, and uh, the family got a hold of it. As a matter of fact, the scripture they got a hold of was the 12th chapter. Go to the 12th chapter. Let's look at verse 28. Verse 28. In the way of the righteous is life. Okay. And in the pathway thereof, there is no... Now, wait a minute. The 23rd Psalm says He leads us in the paths of what? Who leads us in the paths of righteousness? Our shepherd. Our great shepherd. It doesn't say, He leadeth you in the path of calamity, wickedness, and evil. It says He leads you in the path of righteousness. In the pathway of the righteous is life. And in the pathway thereof, there is no death. The straight and narrow pathway, if you'll learn to walk by it, there's only life to the believer. Health and healing to the believer. If they'll walk on that straight and narrow path. Now, let me read it from the Amplified again. 12 chapter, verse 28. This is the scripture they got a hold of. Life is in the way of the righteous... Righteous, of righteousness, moral and spiritual rectitude in every area and relation, and in its pathway there is no death, but listen, immortality, perpetual, eternal life. Okay. And they got their whole household together. They got the little ones together. They start saying, in my pathway is life and there is no death. In my pathway is life and there is no death. So the mom and the dad, every day they say, come on, let's start saying it, let's say it together. In our pathway is life and there is no death. Hallelujah. We live in the pathway of life. And in the pathway of life, in my life, there's no death. No death. No death. In my pathway, there's only life and there is no death. They walked off to the backyard and they saw the little boy in the swimming pool, head down. Floating on the water. So they got him out of the water. Laid them down on the concrete. And the words that rose up in their hearts was, In our pathway is life, and there is no death. And in 20 minutes, the little boy was running around. In 20 minutes time. They just kept saying, In his pathway is life, and there is no death. They rebuked the spirit of death in the name of Jesus, and commanded life to come into the boy, and he rose up. Hold. But they did it every day. And they wrote and said, had we not learned this, we would have just given them up. Had we not known this, 
You see, we're not saying that the, you're not going to be tried by the devil. We're not saying that calamity is not going to attempt to come your way. But since we're saying that, let's go back to this 12th chapter. Let's see something here. You're in the 12th chapter. Let's go up to verse 21. I like this. You'll like it too. We'll give you some scriptures here that will set you leaping and jumping and skipping like calves to the stall. Hallelujah. No actual... This is verse 21. I'm going to read to you from the... Well, let's read both. There shall no evil happen to the just. Say it with me. I'm the just. There shall no evil happen unto me. Now someone says, well, I can't quote. Why not? It's in the Bible. Are you the just? If you don't think you're the just, you better read Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith. Amen? Okay. We are the righteous of God. In, in, in the Amplified Version, I like this. Look at No actual evil, no misfortune or calamity shall come upon the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil, misfortune, and calamity. Now, let's, let, matter of fact, let's go there. I'm led to go there. Let's look at some scriptures talking about the just. You are the just. And you have a right to claim that there shall no evil happen unto me. Well, the 91st Psalm says, There shall no evil come upon you. No plague come nigh your dwelling. No evil shall befall you. There shall no accidents or calamities come upon you. I like that. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will lift up a standard and cause him to flee away from you. If you're walking according to the word in your heart and in your mouth and under the wings of the Almighty God. Amen? Now, that's how it works. Let's go to uh, Matthew 12. As a matter of fact, we'll show you that you are the just. And if you'll claim these promises, Jesus stated this in Matthew 12. I know you know the scripture, but turn to it anyhow. 1237. Sure you know it. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. I'm just so happy. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Blessed. That's the only intervenous I want. <laughs> glory, glory. Amen. That's right. It says in Proverbs 17, 22, you know, the word is medicine to all your flesh. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. It is. It's time we start injecting it into our spirit, man, and letting it be medicine to all our flesh. Amen? Where are we at? Matthew twelve thirty seven. Thank you. For by thy words thou shalt be... What? Justified. Say it again. Justified. I'm justified by my words. Say it again. I'm justified by my words. There shall no evil happen to the just. Put them together. All right, we'll give you another scripture. Romans 3. I'm not going to tie it. I'll just tie them together here. You have to dig deep and meditate yourself in these things. Because if I just did all that, we wouldn't get anything accomplished in one night. <laughs> we'll spend half the night on one scripture. The same scripture said, By thy words thou shalt be what? Condemned. Now, I'd rather be justified by my words than condemned by my words, wouldn't you? I would. Now, when we get this into our hearts, you'll start to see that it works. In the third chapter, 
And again, I'm going to read to you from the Amplified Version because it, as I said, expands it for us. Let's read it first from the King James. Verse 3. Romans 3, 3. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true. But every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be in your what? Uh-huh. There shall no evil happen to the just. And by your word, you're justified. And if you don't believe that, the Bible says in Romans 5, 1, by faith we are justified. And we have peace with God. Amen? We'll show you something about faith and you'll see that it's, it's talking about the same thing. Did you know that faith really is a spirit also? Over there in 2 Corinthians 4, it calls it the spirit of faith. But let's look at... Well, you're over there. Let's take a look. Let me read it from the Amplified Version first. Then we'll go to Romans 5.1. The fourth, the third chapter, verses 3 and 4 from the Amplified Version. What if some do not believe and were without faith? Does their lack of faith and their faithlessness nullify and make it effective and void the faithfulness of God and His fidelity to His Word? Did you grab a hold of that? What if some did not believe and were without faith? Does their lack of faith and their faithlessness nullify and make ineffective and void the faithfulness of God and His fidelity to His Word? By no means. Let God be found true, though every human being be false and a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified and shown to be upright in what you say and prevail when you are judged by sinful men. They can laugh and mock and scorn all they want when I say, by His stripes I am healed. And the Bible says, I'll be justified in my sayings. And God will see to it that He makes His Word good on my behalf. Because He says, you're walking upright. And the Bible in the 84th Psalm, verse 7 says, that He'll not withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly towards Him. Right? Listen. Let the Word speak to you tonight because there is healing in this Word. There is deliverance in the Word. He wants us to walk in the light of this Word. Now, Romans 5.1 says, Therefore being justified, justified, justified. Therefore being justified by... Okay. Justified by faith. Go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 4th chapter. Justified by what? Okay? Look at what it says here. Faith has a great deal to do with what you say. It's, if you got justified by faith, that means by grace are you saved through faith. That means that the Word came through faith. Faith comes through the Word, rather. That means over there in Romans 10, 9 and 10, you had to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Word. Right? The Word. And you are justified. Believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, justified you. You're justified by faith. Now look at what it says here. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 4, 13. We having the same, what? Look at that. Spirit of faith. Spirit of faith. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Now listen. What it's saying is this. 
Faith in God, faith in God is nothing less than faith in His Word. God's Word in your heart and God's Word in your mouth will deliver you from every calamity, every evil. It is meant to be divine, supernatural protection for you every day of your life so that when all the calamities and all the trials and all the disasters of life come your way, you will be founded upon the rock of doing God's Word and speaking God's Word from your heart by faith and in faith. And when you do, you are guaranteed to have protection around you. Because he said, no evil shall befall you. And I've said this from the day one when I was born again. If it says no evil will befall me and a calamity came my way and overtook me, then it wasn't God. It was because I was not abiding under the shadow of the Almighty or the Word was not in my heart and mouth. Don't blame God. Oh, we're so quick to blame God our Heavenly Father. You know, He's been... He's been if the accusations that have been made against your heavenly Father, if those accusations were made against a man in the earth, that man would be locked up in prison for eternity. Did you hear me? Well, the Lord took that dear sister's life. Oh, he's a murderer now. Judge him, sentence him. Put him in jail. Oh, well, the Lord caused that accident. He was the one that did that and did this. He was behind it. You know, he wanted to do this and do that. It was the Lord that caused that airplane to, you know, fall down. It was His perfect will that they die in the airplane crash. Murder. Put him in jail. They get a place for people like that, don't they? Amen? But yet our Heavenly Father has been blamed for all these calamities. It was the Lord's will that the tent be blown away of the tent meeting they were having out there in East Texas. Well, if the Lord destroyed that boy's tent, he should be put in jail for it or pay back for it. Why do we get him pictured as somebody who's against us and not somebody who's for us? Can you see that? God is on your side. God loves you. He's on your side. The Bible says if God be for you, who could be against you? God's not against you. You've got to get this in our... We've got to get in our spirits. God is for me. Say it. God's for me. He's not against me. He's for me. Working together with me. God's on your side, the Bible says. Hallelujah. He's on my side. He's on your side. Sickness and disease is against you. Ask any medical doctor. It is an enemy to humanity. Isn't it? Well, they're fighting it. Jesus already dealt with it. And with His Word in your mouth, you'll put an end to it. I mean that. Calamities. Let's go to some more scripture. I quoted you over there in Proverbs, the 6th chapter. Turn there with me. Verse 2. Thou art snared. People want to know why dangers and, and snares and... And calamities do come upon Christians' lives then. Well, let's see what it says here. This will be enlightening to you. You're gonna t we're going to tie two scriptures in together. Proverbs 6, 2. And then Proverbs 29, 25. Find both openings. Proverbs 29, 25. Everybody got it? Okay. 
Proverbs 6.2 Thou art snared by the words of your mouth. Thou art taken with the words of your mouth. Alright, thou art snared. Underline that. Thou art snared. Thou art snared. You're snared by the words of your mouth. Go back to Proverbs 29 and 25. The fear of man bringeth. Circle that word. Highlight that word. The fear of man bringeth a snare. Thou art snared by the words of your mouth. Now listen, let's put it together. If you're snared by the words of your mouth, and if the fear of man bringeth the snare, then it's because when you got fearful about a certain thing, you begin to talk about it, and you got snared by the words of your mouth. That fear brought that snare through the words of your mouth because you acted upon it. It's the same way that faith works in the supernatural world. If you'll begin to put God's Word in your mouth... Matter of fact, let's look at the rest of that Scripture. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. And my uh, marginal reading, rendering of that says, shall be set on high. Look at the benefits for putting your complete, total trust and confidence in the Lord. He says, I will set you on high. But the fear that you fear will cause you to be snared by the words that you speak from your mouth. Death and life is what's going to be coming to you. That's it. They that love it shall eat the fruit of it. Now, I'm telling you right now, if we have to sit down and we have got to just tear our human spirit apart and fill it up with this fact, death and life come forth from the power of the tongue when it's coming forth from the heart. And the words that you speak that are out of words are going to affect your spirit man. People actually talk themselves into a grave. I mean that. But when they see somebody talking themselves in the divine healing realm, or when they see somebody talking themselves in the prosperity, then they, immediately they get upset. Oh, that's a fanatical person. But yet they could already have their deathbed already set, just, just pictured right before them. Telling everybody how it's going to be and everything that's going to happen to them. Yeah, thou art snared by the words of their mouth. People have feared, so many fears. Those fears, like Job's fear, came upon them because they were taken captive by the words. Death was licensed. It says the fear of a man bringeth the snare. How did he bring it? By the words of his mouth. Holy Spirit will implant that into your heart. And we're going to start to see just how important there is healing in the Word of God when the Word of God is in the heart and the words of fear are out of your heart. In Proverbs 12, 18, we're going to have to close. I'm just getting started. Hallelujah. Oh, man, let's say it again. Hallelujah to Jesus. That's all right. We're just going to just... Hang in it. We're just going to stay in and get this settled in our heart. I want you to know that this is God's foremost way. First and foremost way for a believer is to walk in divine hell. 
You know it's easier for him to get you to walk in the vine house than to get somebody in, uh, up with the nerve to get out there and go deliver you? I mean that. It's easier for him to get you. You walk in the vine house, that way that guy won't have to operate in the gifts. Think about that for a minute. He may not be obedient to operate in the gifts. Huh? You may be that one out there that needs that gift of the Spirit in operation at that time to get your body delivered or to get yourself set free. And he may just back off. Oh, he's, his eyes are looking to and fro. He's trying to find somebody. Oh, dear God, they're going to die. They're going to die. They're going to die. I've got to find somebody to get out there to go help that person. And you come and you bring the Word and the person won't hear the Word. Listen, I'm serious. This is, this is what the Word of God teaches. We as individuals are responsible for putting the Word of God in our spirits in abundance. And getting ourselves filled up with the Word of God. And I'll tell you what, people want to say, why do you talk healing so much? I am, if you're going to die in this earth in five years, you're going, to get, you're going to need anything else. You've already been saved. I want to get to the point that I can live for my 120 years on this earth. And then when I get that point, I'll be like as He is, glory to God. It's just one step off in the glory. And if Satan comes along and robs you of your life at 30 or 40 or 50, he's robbed you of 60 or 70 years of your life. And he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And there's only one way to prevent it. And that's by getting in the Word of God and just fighting the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. Amen? Yeah. And I'm going I'm to live on this earth to do it. Amen. By God's grace and His Word. Amen. The 12th chapter of this book of Proverbs. This is what I want you to grab a hold of. I want you to see it. I want you to let the Holy Spirit of God illuminate it to your minds, through your spirits. This is a very good scripture. For you to, to meditate on diligently. 12.18 There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. But the tongue of the wise is health. Listen to the Amplified Version. There are those who speak rashly like the piercing of a sword. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. The fear of a man bringeth a snare. But the wise tongue brings healing. Now, notice the phrase, like the piercing of a sword, and quickly go over to Hebrews 4.12. You ready to get your sword out and do battle? Hallelujah. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise, it brings healing to his body. Now, let's grab a hold. Go you, you follow me there in the King James. I'm going to read again from the Amplified Version. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of the joints and marrow, that is of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is, brings healing. Now, we could just put that in there like this. Let's say this together. The word in my mouth, word in my mouth. is alive. It's active. It's operative. 
It's energizing. It's effective. Over sickness. Over disease. Over evil. Over calamity. It divides apart. Good from evil. And brings healing to me. Hallelujah. That's the Word. That's what the Word will do. And we're going to take... I want to get into this. We are going to take, first of all, just healing scriptures as far as faith and healing scriptures go. Just read through them, quote them, put them in our hearts and put them in our mouths. But then go to specific ones that pertain to specific sicknesses or diseases. Like, for an example, the bones. Go to... Well, let's look at the scripture and we'll close here. Proverbs 16, 24. Well, let's see here. 16.24. The body, I believe. And the bones. Pleasant words. Well, I'll wait till you get there. 16.24. This is an example. If a person has a problem in their bones, you take them this scripture. Proverbs 16.24. Okay, in the King James it says, Pleasant words are... Pleasant words. Pleasant what? Oh, hallelujah. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb. Sweet to the soul and health to the bones. The words of my mouth are pleasant. Sweet to the soul, to my soul, and healing to my bones. Did you hear that, bones? Now, in the Amplified Version of the Bible, it says, Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the mind, and healing to the body. Healing to the body. Healing to the body. You know what pleasant words are? Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. And self took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses, and with his stripes I am healed. No evil shall befall me, no plague shall come nigh my dwelling, for he's given his angels charge over me, and they protect me in all my ways. No evil come upon me, nor calamity, because in my pathway is life, and there is no death. I'm justified by my words and the words of God in my mouth. They're healing to my body. Now, those are pleasant words. Oh, but brother, you don't know. Well, praise God. I know what God said. Let God be true and every man be a liar that I may be justified in what I say. And therefore being justified, blessed be God, no evil shall happen to the just. Now, we're going to pick out certain portions of Scripture that you can apply. As a matter of fact, let me... Close it out right here with this testimony. I, I, I gave you one last Sunday night about blood. Ezekiel 16, 6 and, 6 and Joel, uh, the last chapter, 3.21 or something like that. 3.21? Joel 3.21. And uh, we took the kids. I had promised them. And you know when you promise your kids, you've got to keep your word. The Bible says, you, you read over there in Psalm 15.4, and you'll find out that a, that a man of God sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. When you said it, friend, you'll make it good. And you're going to begin to see that you'll do that when you learn about words and how, how they can affect our lives. But anyhow, we, I promise to take them up to the zoo and uh, so they can go over and see the animals, you know. And uh, all the way up there, now BJ, for some time, he'd wake up in the morning and, and his bed sheets was filled with blood. And his nose would bleed. You know, well, by that time it would stop because it was morning. I said, oh, we looked at it and it happened again. And it happened again. Well, we were driving up in the car on the way up 
to Pittsburgh there. And uh, his nose started just started to drip down blood. And uh, she says, hey, look, BJ's nose. And I turned around as fast as I could, just, on, just right out of here. I said, live! Ezekiel 16, 6 said, I saw you in your own blood. He, I'll tell you what. <laughs> that thing dried up, boom, just like that. And no more blood. No, no blood came out at all. But it was just something on the inside of me. I, I didn't even, I didn't even, I, it bypassed my intellect. I just live. Just, that's all I said. Sometimes you, we just take God's word for what it says. It says, I saw thee when, I, when you're in your own blood. And I said, live. So I said, live. And just like that. You know, when we take God just at His Word like that, it works. It don't work by trying, but it works by doing. And Jesus said, be a doer of the Word over there in James. And not here is only. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.